still wearing your beanie, I see, huh? Well, happy new year anyway, buddy. Hello and welcome to Scream 101. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Shannon Chalakian. And Happy New Year, everyone. It is 2016. We're living in the future. I, I love New Year's. New Year's is my favorite holiday. Um, it's always good to have new beginnings and also celebrate the stuff that we keep constant, like our 10-word reviews, except... <laughs> oh, snap. Except today we're doing something a little different. Brennan, why don't you go ahead? Okay, because I'm obsessed with top 10 lists, um, I, I actually posted probably about a quarter of a million of them on my blog this morning um or actually we're recording it on new year's eve so it, it was posted on my blog yesterday you can find it on jiffypopculture.blogspot.com it's great i'll post it on our facebook page because i spend so much time on it and i want everyone in the world to see it um but also for our 10 word reviews we'll be doing our top five films of 2015 yes indeed we will so why don't you start do your full list okay go through them all right number one mad max fury road glorious action excess that everybody secretly knows deserves best picture uh, number two the final girls this sentimental slasher parody has betty davis eyes bring tissues number three cooties reverse the faculty i want to be friends with lee winnell number four the boy next door surprisingly r-rated ryan guzman is a god among men and number five it follows has an awesome soundtrack and atmosphere <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, before I say mine, I will say I'm pretty sure I only saw like six movies this year <laughs> that actually came out this year. Hashtag college student. Um, and we did our, our list completely separate from each other. Yeah, we and did. Some, you're going to notice that some weird things happened. Anyway, uh, my number one, Mad Max Fury Road. Best movie of the year. Charlize Theron was as Furiosa rules. Number two, The Final Girls. Amazingly well <laughs> done. This movie gave me Betty Davis eyes. Uh, <laughs> Number three, Star Wars The Force Awakens. My love of Star Wars has reawakened. Take my money. Number four, Spy. Amazingly good for a movie I've never heard of. And number five, Trainwreck. Surprisingly not a train wreck. Surprise cameos take the show. Yeah. Yay. Also, I would like to submit my 10-word review for Star Wars, which is BB-8, 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 BB-8. Oh, say that 10 times fast. That's hard. And you end it with Oscar Isaac. Yeah, he's, he's good too. I love Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Anyway, uh, on to our very special episode. Today we will be talking about Terror Train. Dun, dun, dun. Which we both have seen, but because it is New Year's, we needed to welcome the New Year in with the one and only Scream Queen herself. Exactly. And Terror Train, well, it's technically a New Year's movie. It takes place on New Year's. It's not as New Year's laden as like New Year's Evil, which is actually about like a killer killing people at midnight in every time zone. It's awful, though. So we didn't watch that. Uh, we watched this one. It's tangentially about New Year's, but it is great. Yes, indeedy. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the the um, holiday films are only tangentially about the holiday itself. Yeah, it's true. Like Black you know? Christmas, he yeah. wasn't, like like I said, he wasn't stabbing people with candy canes and whatever. So yeah, exactly. Sense. And even Halloween, like, like it's momentous to the day, but it had nothing to do with, like, Halloween as a tradition or of yeah. ceremony or anything like that. You're right. Okay, Brennan, why don't you read this, the plot? All right. It's New Year's Eve, 
and a group of college co-eds have planned a masquerade bash aboard a chartered train. What they didn't plan on was that a knife-wielding psycho would crash the party and begin slaughtering the guests one by one. Who is this brutal costumed killer? Could it be the mysterious magician with a talent for swordplay? A former frat pledge with an axe to grind? Or any number of other guests, both invited and uninvited? Climb aboard the terror train for a frightening combination of blood-curdling horror and intriguing mystery. Choo-choo. Oh, my God. Um, Sorry, I'm looking at the back of this DVD, which is from 20th Century Fox. And it's a picture of them in front of a train. They have a banner that says Happy Halloween. That's clearly Photoshopped because it's not from the movie because it's a New Year's movie. So I don't know what the hell they're doing. Wow. that's Yeah, that's really weird. Also, uh, that scene doesn't happen in front of the train. Yeah, no, it's it's super photoshopped. I have no idea what's going on, and apparently whoever designed this did not watch the movie. Anyway, uh, Terror Train, not a Halloween movie. We didn't nope. mess up. New Year's. We're going to sue 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> For our discussion, there are spoilers. We rate uh, scariness, one to five screams, campiness, one to five perms, gore, one to five severed limbs, and quality, one to five unlucky stars. Brendan, what would you rate on scariness? Um, I rate this film two out of five screams on scariness. This is like my motto, I guess, for the slasher movies is that slasher movies are not very scary. That's like just part of how it is. But this one has several scenes that work really well. There's there's a douchey character named Doc who's in a compartment all alone. And he thinks the killer's in there with him. And so he's just searching every nook and cranny. And then the killer pops out of like the one cranny he didn't check. Yeah. It's, it's a really good tense scene that lasts a long time. And, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis's final girl sequence is, as always, incredible. Um, Maybe not quite up to the visual caliber of Halloween, but I think she fights back just as well, if not better, in Terror Train. Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a really tense scene where where um, the killer is going around knocking out all the light bulbs in um, part of the final scene sequence. And I, I would say that that the concept of that is scary like the lights going out like that that really uh, touches on some um, common fears that people have unfortunately like it wasn't as cinematic or like the music wasn't as a uh, drawn out as, as halloween so uh you know it wasn't like as tense as it could be i should say but i i, I agree i rated it two out of five screams as oh. well um i enjoyed it there were some really good tense parts and you you don't i mean it's really well done how you don't know who the killer is until the very end. See, that's the weird thing about Terror Train. Um, that will, I was going to discuss this later, but we can talk about it right now. Yeah, let's do it. Um, because, and this is where we're getting the spoiler territory, yep. so please, if you haven't seen Terror Train, please go watch Terror Train. Yeah. Uh, TLDR, we love Terror Train, go watch it. Yeah. But the thing about Terror Train is that it has a twist ending, except you know who the killer is the entire time. Yeah. So it's like a, a twist that it... Ugh. It's so unexpected because the twist is exactly what you think, but just not in the way that you think it is. Yeah, which is good. I'm going to explain that. Um, There's a fraternity pledge named Kenny Hampson who gets pranked. And the prank isn't really that bad, but he wants bloody revenge. And so we know it's Kenny the whole time. We've seen enough of these goddamn movies to know that it's Kenny. But it turns out that... Kenny is also taken on the disguise of uh, the magician, David Copperfield. We'll get back to that uh, in our campiness score. But um, he's taken on the guise of the magician's assistant. Right. And so he's dressed up as a woman. And they do dub him with a lady's voice. Okay. So that's kind of cheating. 
But the fact is, the killer is sitting right there in plain sight, and most people will just never notice. I mm-hmm. didn't notice the first time I watched this movie. I didn't either. It's really cool. Yeah. Because they like to keep him in shadow or in the background or turned around with his wig, but it's not something that's really noticeable, and then it happens, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. I've been lied to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I always thought that twist was uh, was very was very good as far as, you know, the progression of the of the story goes on is that you're like convinced in the first scene you're like okay obviously kenny's the killer right but then they they kind of tried to unconvince you by doing different things like they have um elena's boyfriend turn to doc and say you're gonna regret it this time and they're like doing all these things that specifically make it seem like it could have been someone else you know so as you're like oh it's definitely kenny you're going on and you're like, huh, maybe it's not Kenny. And then it's revealed that Kenny likes magic. And so they're like, oh, no, it is Kenny. He's the magician. Like, we just got to stay away from him or find him and kill him, right? And then on that whole progression, you know, you feel like you have some semblance of control over the the, the idea of what's going on. And then the magician's killed. And you're like, what? Where? Who? Who is he now? And the entire time you know that the killer's taken on different disguises because uh-huh. it's a costume party. So he literally could be anyone. Um, and the person that, the disguise that he has is the magician's assistant. Um, and it was a great twist. Yeah, it's really cool. It's constantly playing with you. And I never I never bought into the idea that it was David Copperfield who was killing everyone because he looks so different from Derek McKinnon, who's the guy playing the killer. Right. But yeah, they really like to play with you like that. It's fun. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. So what's your campiness score? Uh, campiness was two out of five. This is 1980, so, you know, that's important. They do have this awful scene that doesn't, I mean, we, we were talking about it as it was happening, um, that doesn't have any connection towards the end, where the entire point of the scene is the conductor has to say, we don't have a radio on the train. Yes. That's all you have to say, right? Instead, it's this whole big thing that he's, like, flirting with this woman in a wheelchair who's, like, a phone operator at the at the train station and it like goes nowhere and then they dance a little bit yeah they dance the radio and she's swinging her chair back and forth like she's on glee right and it's cute but there's no point and so that was like that was like a kind of weird thing about the movie that was kind of funny but also like super unnecessary like all the campiness in the movies that we've seen yeah um that that scene specifically was very twin peaksy like it was just so bizarre and out of left field that you just can't help but just kind of stare entranced at it yeah exactly uh and then also you know there were all these costumes the costumes were great and they're funny and that was fun but as far as like could you tell that this was like super super 80s no the haircuts were kind of she had a mullet at the beginning so there was that um but yeah what what is your score uh my score is actually it's three out of five perms okay a a lot for that one wheelchair scene because i love that scene yeah but also there's so much magic in this movie like David Copperfield has three or four scenes of close-up magic and stage magic, and then the conductor does two separate card tricks, and I think the screenwriter just really wanted to hang out with David Copperfield for a week, so he's like, "I'm gonna put him in the movie." I don't blame him, to be honest. Those were some of my favorite scenes. It's just like, you know, David Copperfield being like entrancing. So. Yeah, it's true, but it just had nothing to do with anything whatsoever and we had we had to sit there watching like a full magic show yeah yeah it's like true. johnny get angry johnny get mad. <laughs> i wish there was a cool band in, in uh in the movie though yeah uh, i mean there weren't four out of five doctors well but that's they were true fine. no one is four out of five doctors that's true 
Anyway, gore. I'm gonna rate uh, the gore three out of five severed limbs. Okay. I uh, I really like some of the effects that they did. There's a lot of blood play, which is good, and it wasn't uh, cheesy, which is also very good. And the shots were really nice. You have a lot of you know swords and slit throats and just a plethora of different things, and it it was uh, really good. And I think what kind of goes hand in hand with the gore is the fact that um, the killer still manages to find a way to make it seem like whoever they killed hadn't been killed so like we have the scene where he kills one of the people um and then the conductor finds finds the person killed and runs back and says oh my god he's killed we gotta there's a boy we gotta find him go back they go back and sure enough the boy's alive and you're like what but you find out that the killer had put on his costume in order to make it seem like the boy wasn't alive so it's kind of like the, the everything about the the way that um the killer was operating on the train in such close quarters was was kind of cool and i think contributed to the gore gore scenes okay um i'm actually gonna have to disagree with you a little bit okay um i gave it a two out of five severed limbs Mm -hmm. just because most of the gore this this was 1980 so it was before like the big gore explosion of 81 right um so a lot of it it cuts away to the train whistle when someone's screaming or all that kind of stuff there is um they do show a lot in the aftermath of gore scenes but they don't show a lot of people being killed in the moment true and i love terror train enough that it's not really a big problem for me but i just don't feel like the gore is very strong in this movie okay and it has it's it was really hard especially in the 80s to make a good looking severed head but Mm -hmm. the severed head in this one it's not the worst i've seen but it's also not good miles from the best it looks like it was like pulled out of a fish tank or something yeah that's true that's true Okay, so on to quality. What would you rate it in quality? Um, relative to my other slightly low scores, I'm giving it a 4 out of 5 Unlucky Stars. Terror Train's uh, just genuinely a fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Even when there's nothing huge happening, there's a lot of small character moments that are really fun to watch. They're everyone, like big and small and everything, has at least one or two shades to their character. They're not all one-dimensional. Like, we just watched the Black Christmas remake, and I don't think there was a single character among the 20 girls in that film. That were dimensional, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think they all played the same character, and it was girl with skinny legs who runs around and gets impaled with an icicle. Yeah, they all look the same, too. Yeah, it was was just kind of boring. And then this one here, even, like, the people who die, the people who don't die, they're not, like, subtle, nuanced characters, but they're people that you care about and that you can recognize as human beings, and I like that. Yeah, I've got this theory with horror film about um, whether or not you know their names at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, which, you know, c- sometimes it comes down to writing, like you just don't write their names as often. And sometimes it comes down to the fact that, like, they honestly don't matter. And while I don't know a lot of, of the names of the people in this film, I will say that I do know their character. So I agree with with that sense where, where I can easily distinguish who from who and and their nuances and and see that and it's honestly a a really amazing film for for the way that they worked their extras and their smaller characters and uh i totally agree but yeah same i i would say four out of five um unlucky stars uh i do really love this movie and uh, this was the second movie that i'd seen with um the scream queen herself and i remember watching this movie and being really shocked by the ending and it's that kind of like first watch shock that i feel makes part of this movie so great and watching it again is less fun but it's still very fun so yeah Yeah, it's 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 just a fun film and also 
there were things I never noticed in my first like three viewings of this film. Like there's a whole bunch of conversations that the uh, conductor and his coworkers have about yeah. the sustainability of like the coal industry and yeah. RVs versus trains. And it's very, it's intriguing that they're having this kind of quasi economical discussion and it's laced throughout the entire film. It's really interesting. Yeah. They kind of, I feel like the director kind of uses that to like balance out like the tension of the film in some way to make it more enjoyable as you're watching it for the long run instead of just like yeah super hyped so it's crazy yeah it was very very interesting that's for sure all right so shannon what's your champion dialogue our favorite segment our favorite segment of champion dialogue uh so at the very beginning as we're getting everyone set up um there is a scene where all the new recruits what are they called pledges all the pledges for the (laughs) the fraternity are all wearing these like crazy caps that make them look like they work at hot dog on a stick you know and apparently, in order to get that cap taken off of your head, it has to be taken off by a lady while in bed. So if you don't get laid that night, then you have to continue wearing the hat for the rest of the year. Uh, so there's just this one character who is reminded of this rule, and this is what he says. You're going to be wearing that me all year if you don't get laid tonight. Late, sir? Me, sir? Yeah, it's, very, it's just very pledgy. I mean... <laughs> I thought of, I'm trying to think of a joke about uh, Mitch Pileggi from Shocker. He played Horace Pinker, but it's oh not working. God. I, at least you tried. Like that's that's funny enough. Yeah. No more, Mister Beanie Guy. Oh God. Finger looking. Go- okay, I'm done. It's a good. It's a good line. Good yeah, job. yeah. I just thought it was a funny, funny line reading, and it really set up for like the shenanigans that happened in the movie. So. Yeah, absolutely. And your champion dialogue, sir. My champion dialogue is also from the opening ten minutes of the film. It's uh. The guy in the Groucho Marx mask, whose name is Eduardo for some reason, even though he's Canadian and super white. Right. Um, he's, okay, I don't know if any of you out in the world have seen the movie Sisters with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Probably not, because it came out the same freaking day as Star Wars and made zero dollars because, right. of course, it was Star Wars. What Idiots planned that. Anyway. Anyway, there's a character in that played by Bobby Moynihan, and he's so funny because he's the character who's always on at the party, like all like the class clown, always trying to make bad dad jokes that Shannon would love. Yay! Um, and so this guy reminded me of Bobby Moynihan's character, and this is what he says right as they're stepping off the bus and looking at the train at the train station. Anybody see my girlfriend? She's the one with the big caboose. Oh. Yeah, that was great, and uh, train jokes, you know, just that guy's off the rails. Oh, God. And uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, that character was great. Too bad we only got to see him for less than three minutes of the entire film. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm really glad he died early yeah. because if we had to keep sitting there listening to his awful jokes, we would have been all bored. Oh, <laughs> nice try. Nice. All right. What's your favorite character, Shannon? My favorite character is Class Prez. He, I thought that he was the guy who said me sir laid sir but i don't think he is I, it it might have been no, i don't know i'm not sure that's it's, yeah i don't know anyway so it's this guy and he's dressed like uncle sam um that's his like um costume which is funny because he is class pres like he's class president um but he is this really great person 
who was kind of playing into this the fraternity trope, you know, being like, hey, you want to come back to my place? But then he also kind of settles down and goes, no, literally, if you need to talk, like, you can come back and we, we can talk about it. And he's just being very nice and kind and um, uh, funny. And he's just the speckle of hope for all these horrible things happening in the fraternity. Yeah, he was my favorite character, too. He was the uh, the douchebag with the heart of gold. Yeah. He was, like, the, the, the slightly more unattractive brother mm-hmm. who, like could be way more played up like our friend bobby moynihan yes indeed um but he's actually just like a really genuinely nice guy and that was a very small moment in the film that you were talking about but that's also one that won me over so clearly they did something right with that character absolutely i mean honestly as cute as elena's boyfriend is uh, before he gets killed you know all that uh ditch him he's the worst he's not as bad as doc but ditch him and find someone who actually is kind and considerate and who cares that they're going to be doctors because you're going to be a doctor and it'll be fine yeah maybe don't hang out with the fraternity on a train the end that's the moral of the story uh what's your favorite scene so my favorite scene is anytime that david copperfield is doing magic not because i'm just a fan of magic but because it like it's such a great performance david copperfield does a good job in the movie uh, which it was actually kind of surprising too. You know, usually cameos are god awful, um, but he does this, does a really good job. And then you see him on stage, and he does an even even better job because he's in his element. You know, doing um, all the stuff, but he just looks so funny too. Like <laughs> because it that's like the '80s. He was just like doing very classical magic instead of like the new 2000s like chris angel chris angel i'm gonna burst out of a stripper cake yeah and leather chaps exactly exactly he was just like you know he had a puffy shirt on and and uh he was just doing his thing and and made people who made fun of him rue the day too which was a good part of his character if we were playing him up to be kenny so yeah so that was cool in yours uh my favorite scene is part of the final girl sequence it's Alana, who uh, Alana, Elena. Elena. It's Elena. Yeah. Um, Elena, who is Jamie Lee Curtis's character, she is in the like control booth with Kenny, mm-hmm. who's chasing after her in this crazy like hag mask that's f- super freaky. Yeah. And so she locks herself in this s- sub chamber that has like giant grate for windows, and she thinks she's safe. But Kenny grabs this giant pole and he starts like smashing through the windows trying to get at her, mm-hmm. and it's really intense. It's really cool. Obviously, there's that uh, penetrative slasher aspect that we all know and love with Indeed. these psychosexual moments. Um, but also, just the way that she, like, w- well, the way that he rattles the bars and the way that he uses that iron pole are really intense and really strong and actually genuinely terrifying. Yeah. And the way that she gets back at him, she takes, a, like, a, like a receipt holder. Yeah, like a, one of those letter spikes that you put mail on that you don't want anymore and she just stabs him straight up in the eye without even taking the letters off and i just love that (laughs) because you wouldn't worry about that when you're in trouble and she didn't and i respect that and it was just the most intense scene of the film and it was a lot of fun yeah absolutely and uh i liked i liked that there was earlier in that scene well yeah earlier in the whole final sequence there was like a long final sequence there was um a rattling in the closet and she opens it and it's a wire hanger which oh, yeah. made us remi- remember the wire hanger from Halloween. That was a good subtlety. I wonder if that was intentional. I, I feel like it had to be, right? Yeah, I think like, so. I would hope so. I don't know. Whatever. Um, all when right. we get Jamie Lee Curtis on the show, we'll ask. 
Right, yes. Next week. Okay. <laughs> next week on Screen 101. Uh, let's head over. Let's head on over to the Splatterdome. Splatterdome. Splatter. <laughs> now, a moment of silence for those who have departed us. Okay. Ed is impaled by a saber and pushed under a train. Jackson's head is slammed into a mirror. Mitchie has her throat slit. Moe is stabbed. Walter the engineer is hit in the head somehow. It was one of those things we didn't see. Shovels dies off screen. Doc is decapitated. He needs a doctor. Oh god. Uh, Donnelly. Donnelly is stabbed in the stomach with a sword. My writing is so bad it looks like swad. I know what I was going to say. Ken the magician is impaled in his box of swads. Charlie dies off screen. Kenny is hit in the head with a shovel and falls into a freezing ass cold river. It Yay. looks so cold. As cold as his heart. <laughs> so Shannon, which kill was your favorite? I really like the Groucho kill just because the entire the entire movie when think bad things happen, they're like, Oh, it's this party, like everyone's pulling pranks. That's so funny. Because you know, that's uh, those New Year's pranks, you yeah, know? Right? Well, because the fraternity has been pulling pranks forever, and it's what they're known for, especially because of the Kenny thing. So um, when everyone's just having a good time, we're getting introduced to characters, and Groucho's making all these jokes, because he's always on, all making all these jokes, and f- the final joke, I say in quotes, um, that he makes is that he looks like he's been stabbed, and everyone's like, oh, that's so funny, Ed, you're so great, and then they get on the on the train, and he ends up falling down yeah. the killer takes his his um costume and then he gets run over by the train which is something else it's pretty cool so uh yeah that was that was what i would say is my best kill yours nice that was actually my best kill too. yay and i just have one thing to add to that is that um ed is played by howard buzzgang who has been in basically no other movies except for one that is important and that movie is killer party oh which is one of my favorite idiotic slasher movies ever and we are gonna do that eventually on okay the show. sounds good um i'll i'll kick things off with who i would want to resurrect who i want to bring back that died i would like to bring back mo who's elena's boyfriend because he like he was having troubles with elena because he's his best friend is such a douchebag and a bully and a prankster but he finally like won over Elena's heart, and he's trying to be a better person. But his best friend's such a dick bag. He's such a bag of dicks, and so he's just kind of having that struggle. And I feel like he's on the road to redemption when the lights go out and he they come back up, and he's just dead. Yeah. And then I'm like, no mo, no, and no mo, no mo, no mo, <laughs> no mo. Yeah, it was just it was upsetting, and I want him to have a chance to redeem himself with Elena. Yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about Mo. Uh, I definitely think that Doc is really in love with him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also have weird things because like he and Doc took these two girls to the back because you know that like it's all like they know that they're gonna bang them, and then Mo kind of changes his mind and he's trying to keep the clothes on the woman. But I'm like, why did you go back at the first place? You know? Yeah, that was kind of dumb. But I feel like he didn't want to do it he was just kind of like playing along with yeah Doc. we'll stop folding to peer pressure exactly he needs to redeem himself okay okay i would resurrect mitchy because with that whole same sequence and mitchy is elena's best friend yes mitchy is is michelle which is uh elena's best friend 
Um, first of all, I love her name, Mitchie. That's like the greatest name ever. Uh, second of all, she sees her boyfriend and her best friend's boyfriend take two girls that she knows also to the back. She sees that happen, right? And then Elena wanted to go go and find them. And she tells Elena, like, no, let's just hang out here and dance and have a good time. And so she was trying to, one, protect her best friend, but also to not let the assholes get her down. So she was having a, a good time. Um I don't know. Like, there was a line that got dropped later on mm-hmm. saying something like, uh, Mitchie and Doc have an open relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I remember that. It was something like, you guys have an arrangement, but we don't. Or, like, something dumb like that. Yeah. But, so, I feel like that might have been kind of evil. Like, if she was okay with her boyfriend sleeping around, and then she was trying to keep Elena away to, like, protect her boyfriend while he's cheating. That, that's what I got out of it. Um, but I think it's debatable what her intentions were. Because she might have been hurt and was just trying to, well, yeah, like, so, bury herself. Well, I was gonna say like if if that was true, then then Mitchie was fine with her boyfriend going. That's fine, but she knew that um that Mo was being influenced. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking that Mitchie probably just acted knowing that she wants everyone to have a good time and like everyone okay. to have a good New Year's. Because I don't really think that she. Or her character wasn't built up to have very much more dimension than that. So okay, that makes sense. I don't know. Whatever. Um, it's just one of those nuanced things that uh, countless fans will doubtless talk about for the years to come about Terra Train. Yes, absolutely. Who would you murder? That survived this. That film? survived the film. Uh, okay. This was tough because a lot of the characters that are left alive, and there are a lot on the train, but we don't get to know very many of them very well. Right. But the one that I would kill is. I call her Jasmine in my notes because she's wearing like a blue bikini type thing like Princess Jasmine from Aladdin. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, she's in the train car with Elena after she survives her final girl sequence with the killer. Um, It's it's that moment where it's like, oh, the killer's still alive and he comes back. She's asleep in this compartment and Jasmine is supposed to be watching over her. And the conductor's like, all right, everything looks safe here. I'll see you in a little bit. I'll get you some coffee. And then Jasmine just gets up and leaves. And I was like, well, way to complete your job, dumbass. And then the killer shows up. Surprise. I was so mad at her. Absolutely. She has n- no motivation. She didn't even want coffee. She was like, no thanks. What are you leaving for, lady? <laughs> you don't even need to pee. You didn't drink coffee. Yeah, they didn't even <laughs> They didn't explain that at all. That's funny. That's exactly who I was going to marry, too, because she... Wait, weren't you going to marry Pat? No, because that's, that's Ed's girlfriend with the big caboose. I thought you were going to murder her. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. Jackson's. So Jackson is the guy in the in the creature in the Black Lagoon's oh. um, costume who gets killed after Groucho. You're right. And he is Jasmine's boyfriend. Yes. Oh, I didn't even know we agreed on that one. Yeah. We're we're, we're very much our, our stars have aligned on this it one. It must have been. Um. Yeah, but I would murder her too. But I would mostly murder her because she's just awful and stop tempting people who have girlfriends. I mean, I, I know it's equally. But His blame fault. equally is what I'm saying. Yeah, but also like yeah, both people are bad yes, people in that situation. Both of them. But we've already talked about how Doc is the worst. Doc is the worst, and Mo is problematic. So I'm just equally <laughs> blaming everyone okay. in that situation. Just kill them all. Yes. Just complete the set. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's a royal flush. Yes, down the toilet. All right, um, down the toilet, just like this conversation. So let's uh, head on over to the games. Games. Shannon, come on down. 
We're going to open up with a classic game that we usually play. It is... The Divination Game! In this game, I'm going to give you the future careers of three people who worked on the film, and you have to guess who it is. Okay. I actually have two crew members on the list this time, because there's some oh, interesting boy. stuff going on. All right. So I'm sorry. All right. What major crew member also worked on A Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, and The Shining, all with Stanley Kubrick? This is actually all before Terror Train, but I just wanted to share this. Um, the wait, you said what crew crew member? Yes. Right. Okay. The composer. No, it was actually John Alcott, the cinematographer. Oh, okay. Which is insane. I think this is the highest pedigree any slasher movie has ever had in terms yeah. of filmmaking behind the camera prowess. Yeah. Although, on the other hand, like there wasn't anything about the cinematography that like stood out to me. No, uh, there was that one scene in the long hallway that was kind of purple that I liked, but you're right. It, w- it wasn't the best, but um, actually a lot of people argue that Stanley Kubrick, um, a lot of his cinematographers were kind of like stand-ins just for him. Oh. And then he would use them like as his own camera, basically. Okay. Because he, he was a photographer. Right. I don't want to talk about Stanley Kubrick anymore because I don't particularly like him. All right. Next up, uh, this prominent crew member would later work on Turner and Hooch, Tomorrow Never Dies, the James Bond movie. And stop, or my mom will shoot. Uh, the director? Yeah, that's the director. Okay, yay. Roger Spottiswood. I love uh, finding skeletons in people's closets. So the the Tomorrow Never Dies guy did Terror Train. That's that's his biggest secret, probably. Like the literal skeleton that they brought on Terror Train. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. And, okay, this actor uh, was later, he was in one episode of Grey's Anatomy, which I thought was appropriate because he'd been <laughs> watching that. Uh, he was in Die Hard, and because he was in all of your favorite things, he was also in Mr. Destiny. Hmm. Hmm. Is it the conductor? No, this is Doc. Oh, was okay. Played by Hart Bachman, who his... I don't think he looks like this anymore, but his photo on IMDb is Scrump, so you should check it out. Scrump, short for scrumptious? Yes. Okay, cool. He looks really good. I was trying to be... Aziz Ansari, because I've been watching uh, whatever the hell. Does he say scrump? I feel like he would. Okay, yeah. Oh, you've been watching uh, Master of None? Yes. Okay, cool. With my dad. Hi, dad. All right, moving on to the next game. I'm going to bring back a game that we played on our Wes Craven tribute episode. It's called Dream Logic. I'm going to give you a summary of a film. You have to tell me whether it's real or fake. Okay. And these are all 2015 horror films. Okay. And each of them mentions an actor. Okay. So that's not a giveaway. You ready? Yes. Number one, Emma Roberts fights across the tundra to save her friends who are trapped in a demonic all-girls school. No. That is a real movie. No, it's not. It is called February. That is awful. That sounds... Actually, it's gotten some pretty okay reviews. Oh, God. So that's interesting. Number two, the guests Micah Monroe bangs a jock and discovers that a killer monster only she can see will destroy her unless she bangs someone else. Yes. Yeah, that's real. Okay, it, good. Th- that's It Follows. Actually, one of the uh, oh. biggest movies of the year right now okay. in terms of indie horror. Okay. And that is a very reductive plot summary for the record in case anyone's getting really upset, comma, Matt. Um, <laughs> but anyway, number three, Oscar Isaac goes on a blind date on Valentine's Day. The next morning, the girl winds up dead and he is blamed for her murder. No. Yeah, that's fake. Good. 
But Oscar Isaac was in Ex Machina, yes. which is the awesome robot movie. Yes, I found that out. I was at Target and I saw that his name was on the DVD. Yes. I was like, huh. No, everyone in Ex Machina is having a great year. Because uh, Donald Gleason, who plays the main guy, he was uh, General Hux in Star Wars. He was in Brooklyn. He was in The Revenant. And then Alicia Vikander, who played the robot, is also in The Danish Girl, which is like fast-tracked for Oscar nominations. So it's like, good for Ex Machina. Right, totally. Everyone's doing great. <laughs> anyway, uh, number four. Abigail Breslin is the zombie daughter of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, my God. I'm going to say yes because I hope that's real. It is real. It's yes. called Maggie. <laughs> Oh, boy. It's uh, one of those things that's too absurd to be fake, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, and my final one. Kit Harrington returns to his hometown only to discover that everyone living there has gone missing. No? Yeah, I made that up. Okay, I was like, first of all, Kit Harrington. Second of all, the entire town is missing. There, there, are, there are movies like that. It's called Phantoms. Well... I love the book Phantoms. I have not seen the movie in a long time, and I'm kind of afraid to. Hmm. All right. Anyway, that's the end of our games. You did really well this Thanks, time. Thanks. That was to, fun. I need to be more creative with making stuff up, I guess. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we'll start off with our closing statements, and my recommendation for people who agreed with me about this film is My Bloody Valentine, the 1981 slasher. It's another Canadian slasher that's super awesome and didn't get a sequel, which is upsetting. It did get a remake with uh, Jensen Ackles, and actually, come to think of it, Terror Train got a sort of remake with, like, Thora Birch, and it was called Train, but we don't like to talk about that. Shannon, do you have a recommendation for people who agreed with you about Terror Train? I recommend you watch New Year's Eve. It's, uh... <laughs> I'm actually going to watch that tonight good, with Sergio. Good, it, you'll, you'll hear about it in 10-word reviews next week. Yeah, it's actually... Okay, I will say about that movie. It's actually a pretty good variety movie, like, with all the... Okay. It's it's pretty solid. Have you seen it before? No, I haven't. I'm excited. Oh, okay, good. It's got Zac Efron in it, who's, like... My husband. Yeah. We just watched We Are Your Friends last night, and I think I'm one of the only people in the world who did that because it got the third worst opening weekend of maybe ever, definitely this year. Yeah. Uh, it was beat out by Gem and the Holograms. Hashtag RIP Gem. <laughs> We're going to see that too. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, but watch that because it's New Year's Eve and have a good time and be safe and call. I think it's like AAA if you need a ride because they have free rides. Tonight. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, sorry I don't have a horror recommendation, but oh, that's fine. screw you guys. It's my favorite holiday. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I'm glad you like New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah, Shannon has like 20,000 resolutions. Yeah, 22 because I am 22 this year. Oh, that's genius. Yeah, last year was 21 and now it's 22. Oh, man, that's intense. I do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so on to our clue section. The answer to the clue from last week is that we will be beginning our we will be beginning our Italian horror month with the classic Dario Argento giallo movie Suspiria. Super excited to share this with Shannon. I tried to show it to her like three years ago, and she fell asleep instantly because she had just driven home from somewhere in Northern California. Yeah. Stockton, I think. Yeah, something with a weird name. Yeah, but I do remember some things about it, so I'm excited to like fill in the gaps. Oh, yeah, she woke up for like two scenes, yeah. so it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, Italian Horror Month is something that we started kind of on the request of Shannon, kind of on just the buzz that we've been hearing from a couple people who listen to the show. Yeah. Um, but we're very excited for that. And also, oh, in reference to the clue, because uh, Mr. Ed Chalakian wanted us to explain our clues a little more. Um, last week I talked about Janet was in this movie, but it was the second Janet. And then I said, damn it. That's because damn it. Janet is from Rocky horror picture show. 
Susan Sarandon played Janet. But in Shock Treatment, that same uh, the sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, that same character was played by Jessica Harper, who's the star of Suspiria. And that was my clue. Got it. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, explain the clues more. Yeah, especially because that one was kind of intense, so yeah. I decided to, to whip, good. whip it up. Now everyone can see inside your brain. Oh, God. it's Yeah, the clues fluctuate so much because it just depends on how, how I'm feeling that day, I guess. It's all good. It's all good. And speaking of, here's the clue for our episode two weeks from now. In two weeks, our cheese will be in alignment because the director's name has two of them. Our Italian horror month will continue, though our next film is mysteriously set in Louisiana. Nice. Thank you. All right. That'll be good. All right. And if you have any guesses to that superbly crafted clue, or if you have any uh, questions, comments, or champion dialogues to share from Suspiria, just any comments about the show, what's your favorite game, what's your favorite segment, please let us know. We want to hear from you. Um, you can contact us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on the email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars because it's New Year's and you should resolve to give us five stars. And yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for coming. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy 2016. May be it, safe. May, may all the acquaintance be forgot. <laughs> Never brought to mind. Uh, so, Brennan, who is going to be playing us out? We will be playing you out with Murder Train by the Foreskins from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year. say like frosty happy new year (laughs) bye bye